This is GabNet, the Great American Broadcast Network. Talk radio like you've never heard it before. It's Albert's Public House, right here on the Great American Broadcast Network. Rob Alfano sitting in for Albert Reynoso on this Friday night, one week before the holiday weekend. Isn't that great? I can't believe the summer. Where did it go? Every year it just seems to go faster and faster and faster, isn't it? We're going to open up the Citizen Panel in a little while, right here on the Great American Broadcast Network. You know what that is. And if you're new to GabNet and don't, all you need to do is get yourself Skype. Fill out some information to get Skype. It's free. And then just search for GabNet Live. That's GabNet Live. And then you can join us right here on the Citizen Panel. And all you have to do if you want more information is go to GabNet.net. That's the website. For the Great American Broadcast Network, you'll find everything you need right there. There's actually a very convenient call button right there so that if you don't want to search for GabNet Live, you just click on the little icon that's right there. It's above our pictures on the website. Just click on it. It'll take you right to the Great American Broadcast Network. It'll take you right to this program. You will be on the air live with us. The Citizen Panel is a collection of people who just, instead of waiting on hold, like most talk shows do, where you spend two hours on hold, you get to ask your 30-second question, maybe get an answer if the host agrees with you, and then you're gone. This is the other way around. You get on pretty quick. You spend the entire time with us, if that's what you choose to do. We talk about a variety of topics, and we're going to play some trivia tonight as well, probably about 9.30 or so. So I hope you plan on joining us and spending your Friday night with us right here on the Great American Broadcast Network. We've got a full night of programming coming up right after this broadcast at 10 p.m. It's Alex Bennett's Ramble. That's from 10 until midnight. And then at midnight, Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content. And Revelstoke Jim does Catch-Up Fridays. It's a night where he just kind of hangs out and catch up on all the things from the week because of the adventure night on Wednesday and and the moose poop on Monday. So, I mean, you know, he's got a very busy week. But Friday nights, it's kind of laid back. You get on there, and you can talk to him about pretty much anything, you know. It's it's a fun program to be a part of. And it's all with the exclusive Citizen Panel right here on the Great American Broadcast Network. And I'm glad to have you with us. We're going to open up the Citizen Panel right now. Okay, we could turn that down, and we could turn this up. And we've uh, we've got the Citizen Panel open, so... Give us a call. Our first uh, member of the Citizen Panel this evening is David Hayek. How you doing, David? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Miranda Janelle's just joining us now. Miranda hosts Getting Geeky with Miranda Janelle. That's Tuesday and Thursday night at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Um, how are you tonight, Miranda? Oh, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Um 
You know, I uh, I got to tell you, I'm finally coming out of my haze. I've been in for the past. You know, you talk about drugs, and you talk about legal drugs and illegal drugs. And I've done my share of the illegal ones. I mean, nothing crazy. I've done my share of pot. I've done some cocaine. I've done a little hash. I've, you know, some things like that. I have never had a problem with those drugs the way I've had a problem with the legal drugs that they want to give me. Isn't it weird how that works? I, I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I have been suffering, suffering. I'm finally coming out of what would be like... A haze. When I tell you, I I, I was uh, last week. I tried to do this show last week. I did the best I could, but I had I couldn't focus. I was just all out out there. I mean, it was just crazy. And then finally, the dizziness is gone, and the what they call brain zaps are all gone now. And it was just you know tough driving and tough concentrating. You know the kind of work we do. Yeah, is isn't it just frustrating when when you know that your brain should be working one way, but it's not working that way, and you're just you're just desperately wanting to get back to to normalcy. Oh, it yeah, certainly it's just, is. It's just one of those those. Fr- you know, I really felt for you last Friday. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I was a mess. I I thought to myself, I've got to I've got to get through this. You know, I mean. I could have called Alex and said, you know, I really can't do this. But I thought, well, we'll get through it. Everybody, you know, I know that people, they're not going to, you know, they're just going to help me out. And uh, and that's kind of what happened. It was just, thank God, it was a, a big, busy citizen panel. And we had a, a, a good a good, uh, a good good group of people. And, so. you know, uh, ha- having a, a show on the network, I can appreciate uh, just what it takes to do a show on a normal night let alone on one of your off nights and i really do think that you did a marvelous job last week especially with what you were dealing with i wasn't searching for compliments but i appreciate that yes but i throw them out anyway (laughs) (laughs) oh looks like we lost david hopefully he'll come back yeah he's uh been frozen the entire time since he uh, i guess he's not in the hospital anymore because he had a video tonight, so he hasn't had video on any night that he's been in the hospital. I, so, I, I can I, only hope that he's no longer in the hospital. Yeah, that's brutal. Brutal. So, up, oh, he's back. So, David, are, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Are you out of the hospital? You, you see, so you got a picture above your head. So, yes, you, yes, it's um, they sent home today at noon. Well, that's good. Where so now when you go to um, the Czech Republic? Hi, Dave. Uh, Phil, how are you? All right. How are you? What are you Good, doing here, Phil? Well, I heard that Rob Alfano was on. I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> I, I was. You know, nobody has said it, or nobody has asked, or I haven't heard it. With you going to disappear now for two months in the Czech Republic, is your wife coming with you? Oh yeah. Oh, so so what does she do for a living? She's a nurse. So she's just going to take time off, or. Oh, she's going to work with my sister in London. That's nice. I, You know, I, I'm jealous of that dual citizenship thing where you can pick up and go someplace else. You know, that's kind of well, cool. I, I, I'm not I'm not a citizen yet. I will apply. She's not. She's she's an American. She oh, doesn't she's an American. Right. Yeah. yeah but she she can work in England like on earth without any problem. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get my wife to do that. You know, she does, she loves elderly people. She loves children. She loves, she's been an EMT and I'm trying oh, nice. to get her into a program because, you know, healthcare, you can do anywhere in the country. 
And uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, trying to coax her in that direction. I think she's, I mean, I don't want her to do it if she doesn't want to do it, but I think she does. So um, it's just a matter of getting the training now and, and getting her out there. How are you tonight, Phil? Oh, just fine. I, uh, uh, you know, when you uh, told me that you fill in or you're doing this on Friday nights, I, I had no idea. Usually uh, I don't get home this early. And uh, so uh, when you said you were doing this and uh, you would uh, you would mention something on Facebook to someone, I said, well, I'm calling in. Cool. Well, I'm glad I was like saying I think I've ever seen you on the public house because I call in a lot on the I for once we start getting to Alex's program early in the week, you know, uh, I can't uh, I'm not going to be here. I'm leaving early, early tomorrow morning. Uh, because there was a, you know, a death in the family and I have to travel. Oh, my condolences. Thank you. Uh, you Sorry know. to hear that. So I have to leave early tomorrow morning um, and drive back. I mean, unscheduled trip to New York, which we're going to be there the following week. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But um, so actually none of the GabNet, none of the programs will make GabNet Rewind this weekend from Friday night. I, well, I finished the shows already. For, uh, the last show that we did. <laughs> yeah, I finished the la- I finished uh, doing Gabnet Rewind before I got th- before I got on the air here about fifteen minutes before I got it all done. So all I have to do now is ship them off to Alex so he can put them in. But they won't have tomorrow's or tonight's programming in it. Because, oh, oh, oh! It was uh, uh, last night I was talking about uh, oh. uh, Alex. Alex wasn't impressed with the show, but you know I listened to it again. It sounded fine. I uh, I heard it this morning. I cut it up this morning and. Uh, I, I thought, it, I mean, Monday show, you know, was just bam, you know, Monday show was, uh, we've got the two citizen panel members right here, op, right? Now, you're, you're a, it's a Miranda yeah, sandwich right, right on my there. screen. <laughs> See, I've, got, I've got them sandwiched between you. Oh, okay. So, so you're, you're providing a, a safe buffer from my perspective. Can I ask uh, David a, a question? How are you feeling, David? You look great. Yeah, I feel good. Yeah, good. like uh, unlike unlike rap, I like any kind of drugs. Legal, illegal, <laughs> legal. Schmiegel, I don't huh? care. <laughs> Speaking of being sick and all that, um, I, I, I'm just looking at some of the news stories. There, the West African country of Senegal has closed its borders with Guinea over fears of Ebola outbreak uh, could be spreading, according to the Senegalese Interior Ministry. The closure includes any aircraft and ships traveling to Senegal from Guinea, Sierra Leone, or Liberia. Senegal is uh, located to the northwest of Guinea, which is um, which, as of August 20th, had 579 suspected Ebola cases, according to the World Health Organization. So uh, they're closing up the borders. We are we import them. Yeah, we're letting them in. We're <laughs> we, sending them out into into the population now. You know, supposedly they're healthy. But what the, one of the things I heard them talking about on the radio the other day, the newscast actually, they were saying how they're worried that these people are going to become, um, uh, you know, like piranha. Nobody's going to want to go near pariah. No one's going to want to go yeah. near them. Nobody wants to go near piranha either, <laughs> but for a different reason. Um, so they're they're really worried about discrimination for people who are, um, you know, people who don't understand that, you know, according to all of the doctors, these people are no longer pose any kind of a threat. But you know, remember back in the day when with when, AIDS, I was yeah. just gonna yeah, when the AIDS virus just got started and everybody didn't you know it was just a free for all and you didn't know what you could do or couldn't do and nobody wanted to go near anybody. But so I guess yeah. we'll go through that a little bit. But um, I thought that was an interesting story. Um, 
you know, it's the same thing in hospitals, and I'm sure uh, David's wife must see this depending on the type of nurse she is. Uh, people that are uh, uh, dying or have cancer, a lot of times the only thing they really want is to be touched. And, uh, and, and, and people uh, don't necessarily do that. Uh, I have a service dog who is trained specifically to take into hospitals and, and be petted uh, by people and, uh, and, and uh, you know, create that touch uh, and, and that emotional connection that uh, people uh, sort of lose when they're uh, when they're ill. So that's your. You mean you have a pet that's a service dog? Right. Uh, yeah, the uh, German Shepherd. Oh, that's uh, really cool. Is that something yeah, he, you decided to do? You just how do you how do you go about acquiring a service dog? Is it like getting uh, a, a seeing eye uh, dog? It's quite a bit of training. Uh, but uh, what it what had happened was uh, my uh, best friend and roommate uh, got a uh, German Shepherd. And he's a chiropractor. One of his patients was a retired teacher. She, uh, so Michael paid a couple thousand dollars for all the training, and the retired teacher spent several years uh, just working with him as well as Michael. And uh, now he's a full, full-fledged uh, service dog. And my girlfriend takes him to, uh, to the hospital, visits with kids, visits with uh, old people. Um, you know, it just uh, creates companionship. That's that's really a nice thing. I have a friend who uh, I met when I was in college at the time had was blind and had a service dog, had a had a seeing mm-hmm. eye dog and I am telling you I have it was a beautiful black lab and I've never met an animal so cool, so mm-hmm. amazingly attentive to him. You could right. play with him, you could distract him. If he was sitting in on a sofa or someplace comfortable, this mm. dog would play with you like any other dog. But right. the minute my friend would move, man, that, that it was it was game on. There was well, this, no this, more. This uh, the service this provides is not like uh, for handicapped. It's uh, more for therapy. So they're very friendly. They know how to deal with people. They're very warm towards right. people. Yeah. Exactly. Very very docile and. Uh, uh, you know, like I've worked with police dogs that you agitate and you wear, uh, even in a muzzle, they're extremely aggressive. Those are service dogs, too. But uh, in, the, in the case of Cody, he's uh, he's a therapy dog and he's there for uh, people's comfort. That's a that's cool. That's a that's a neat idea to, you know, is it is it uh, did you buy the animal and then take him for that training or did you buy a trained animal? Uh, no, we uh, we had the animal. And uh, from the time he was maybe three months old, he started being trained, and he's nine uh, nine years old now. And how often does he get to the hospital? Uh, Faye usually takes him uh, most every other weekend. Oh, cool. Cool. That's really neat. So I've got a story here Miranda might be interested in. It's a sort of a techie kind of little uh, – it's techie, but it's also um, – it affects everybody. I mean uh, – Traffic lights all across the United States are dangerously easy to hack. (laughs) Anyone with a radio hooked up to a laptop can wreak havoc by remotely changing lights at will or by shutting them all down. And that's according to findings by the computer researchers at the University of Michigan. And this is a quote. There's an assumption that these devices are secure. We all... Just trust them so much, a computer science Ph.D. student at the university said. And, um, and this person led that study. It's a critical infrastructure, and we were shocked what's going on. 
Under the watchful eye of local transportation officials in May, the Michigan researchers field-tested the hack in an undisclosed Michigan city, changing the lights from a laptop in their truck. The lights and controllers are made by a company named Econolite, one of the largest makers of signals, cameras, and traffic management systems in North America. The company did not want to respond to requests for comment. Gee, I wonder why. But you know the weird thing about that is... You don't, it doesn't have to be that way. All, could you imagine setting up a Wi-Fi network in your house and leaving all the default passwords the same or any, anything at work where you get default passwords, uh, servers, or, you know, that's what, that's what they're doing here. They, uh, uh, lights, traffic lights are used in a hundred thousand cities, um, U.S. and Canadian intersections, although it's unclear if um, all of those are susceptible to hacking, the problem extends just beyond Econolite. Uh, the U.S. Traffic Light Communication Standard called NTCIP 1202, that's uh, the standard that I guess they, they run on, is, present, is present in all modern signal systems. Researchers said that the lights can be made much more difficult to hack with very little effort. Guard the network. Cities that install the traffic control systems can enable encryption and set passwords for their networks. Both options are available on the systems. It's just as simple as clicking on the box and, uh, and the device screen. And, uh, but they're not sure it's going to happen anytime soon because local governments are cash-strapped. Miranda? Well, I'm, I'm wondering if... Uh, um, the reverb. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm hearing myself. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering if uh, if they tested any other cities, you know, or any other regions. This could be something that that one installer screwed up, or is it something that really is it? You know, is widespread because it. You know, Rob, you would know this just from the line of work that that you do. It all depends on on how you configure these things. And you already brought up default passwords and enabling encryption. And I promise you, it's not the same installer that's that's installing uh, these traffic systems in hundreds of thousands of cities. That is true. Do you know uh, do you know why the uh, traffic lights uh, can be adjusted that way? It's because of ambulances and fire trucks. They have a uh, signal. You can that still they... do it secure, securely. Yeah, um, sure they can. They could still do it securely. Well, uh, they may not be, but uh, that's that's why. All uh, they need it's... are the passwords. Mm-hmm. All they need they need the encryption code to be able to attach to that network to change the lights, and then they need the they need the passwords to get to log on to be able to change the lights. It's it's just like your home. More more importantly, they don't actually have to physically know. Uh, you know, they don't have to physically know or know the actual passwords. It could be something that's installed in the equipment, uh, in the vehicle, and then you could have a secure authorization like a RFID card or something. Right. Uh, you know, where where it gets issued to to an employee, and if it gets lost, it can it can be uh, remotely deactivated across the entire system. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a matter of, oh, you know, we, we need our, our first responders to, to memorize this password in order for it to be secure. We're going to be rotating them every, you know, uh, uh, every week or it's more, whatever. It's more, it's more like a button they push. 
Right, yeah, but they, they would have to authenticate with a device first. That's all, true. All of and, this technology does already exist. Yeah. The question of whether or not they've implemented it is is something different. And and that's true because at that point you don't even need to. Nobody needs to know what those passwords are because they're encoded. So if you have that device, if you have that card, the RFID card or whatever it is in hand, it's an automatic handshake, right? You get that card, you've got a handshake, and you're in, and you can change the lights as opposed to saying, well, now we have to change the passwords because so-and-so left the, yeah. the, you know, the uh, fire department or the police staff and whatever, and, and now they can go out joyriding and never get stuck for another red light, which would be kind well, of cool. Well, you can do that anyway because a lot of lights are timed. In San Francisco, 19th Avenue has tons of lights, and it's a very, very long street. So if you do 23 miles an hour, you won't hit a red light. 23? Who wants to yeah. do 23? Yeah. Well, I'd like to do 23. <laughs> 23's fast for that if you're, area. If you're, if you're going out for a joyride, you're not doing 23 yeah. miles per hour. Yeah. Well, um, these these streets, that's about it. They're timed in New York City as well on the avenues. If you, mm-hmm. I, used to t- I used to drive in every day. And if you're going down, say, 3rd Avenue and you do, I think, I don't know if it's 23, but it's like 28 maybe. If you yeah. stay under 30 miles an hour and is, there's not a ton of traffic, you can just glide all the way through the city without having to worry about stopping for lights. But here in Northern Virginia, where I live, I don't know. They put up lights to fix problems, and those, pro- those lights seem to cause more problems than they fix because they're not timed. They, they, they seem to go randomly. You know, the other morning, I'm, and I, I'm, I'm an impatient person just by nature. And I, there's a there's a line leading up to the traffic light that I'm talking about, which is maybe a mile from my house. And okay, so it, it turns red, right? You stop. There's like eight cars in front of me. It turns huh. green, and then ten seconds later, not even what two cars go, and it's red again. Well, Why does you know, that happen? In California, they're like lemmings. When you have a left turn light, one car goes. Then the next one goes, and then the next one. In New York, what happens is the light turns green for a left turn. All cars go at the exact same moment, and you move in unison. If you don't move in unison, you get hit. If you get hit, it's tough because you should have moved in unison, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, my wife is uh, studying for her. She she got her, you know, she's got a permit now. So she's been practicing driving, and I've learned some things that I – either forgot or didn't know. And probably, look, I've been driving so long that there was no such thing in New York. When I started driving, there was no such thing as right turn on red. You had to wait for the yeah. light to turn. Then we they instituted that. that. So so we're driving on, uh, we're coming off this shopping center onto a main thoroughfare and there's no straight. You can only You can only turn left or right. And we do have right on red in this state. Um, and so we get to the intersection and there's two red arrows, one to the right, one to the left. I didn't know this, but a red arrow to the right means you can't make a right on red. It's a red arrow. That's the difference between a red arrow and a regular red light. So every time we go there, and this happens to her all the time. It happened to us the other day. <laughs> People are honking at us. and pe- I mean, it's in the manual. And I'm sitting there thinking, if I had the manual, I'd be getting out of the car right now going, see, look, shut up, look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You can't make a... R- when there's a red arrow, either left or right, 
You cannot proceed, and, and neither did I. It's just one of these things I've learned, you know, just having to go, you know, helping her a little bit. Well, and It's a specific instruction. Correct. It's, you know, with, with, it, with it being the arrow, that makes it very, very specific. You cannot turn right right now. And I, I've gone, and I'm telling you, I, I said to her, you know, if, if I were a cop and I'm looking to make my quota, I'm parking right here because we watched, because a lot of times we make a left there, we don't go right. I, nobody stops and waits for that light to turn green before they go. Everybody, and nobody even stops. They're just making rights. You know what the cops call that? Shooting ducks. <laughs> yeah, you would think, but you, <laughs> you know. never see the cops there. No. No, you never see. I, I mean, you know, we, I'm the, forget about the cops. They, they're sheriffs here, right? And oh. those guys are, they're business. You know, they wear well, those. Is there a good donut and coffee shop nearby? Not a bit. No. That's why they're not over there. That could be. There you go. <laughs> they need to move a Dunkin' Donut there. Yeah, you have to go about to eight Dunkin miles. Right about eight miles down the road is the only Dunkin' Donut. And it's, uh, yeah. Yep. I've said it before. that This is a very, very difficult place if you, uh, if, if you like those kind of things to find. You just don't find them here. The, uh, the, you know, the traffic laws in different states uh, are, for instance, I have a motorcycle and uh, in California, I can split lanes, uh, which means I can drive in the middle between uh, two sets of cars. And, uh, you know, a lot of people drive a little bit too fast when they do that. And then they end up uh, a bot dot on the pavement. But uh, in Hawaii, you can't split lanes. And uh, you, you get spoiled because, uh, you know, if traffic's all stopped, uh, you just want to, you know, go. <laughs> and you can't do that. Yeah. But, uh, and I don't think you can do it in, uh, in the East Coast either. I, I got uh, – now, you're in Northern California. Miranda's yeah. in Southern California. I, I, I think I upset – I was in Southern California. I used to travel to Santa Monica frequently because I worked for a company and I was responsible for the office there in, in Santa Monica. So – three, four times a year, I'd, I'd take a trip and, and go. And I like Santa Monica. It's a nice place. You do a lot of walking. The weather's nice. And, but I'm from New York. I'm a guy who it's no big deal if you walk in the street. And I don't realize that I step my foot off the curb and people are skidding to a halt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, there's uh, a law York, there. You walk across the street in front of a car, you're going to be a hood ornament. In, <laughs> uh, in, in California, everybody stops. And if, if they think you're going to step into the street, they stop. And I had no idea. I, I just stepped into the it's street. because you're going to get a ridiculous ticket if, you, you know, if they're not halfway across – Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, cop has every right to, to pull you across and they have to be, you know, fully halfway across the street. You know, they have to be on the the other side of traffic. Yeah. The pedestrian. Uh, Oh yeah. You got to wait till they get across. I just, but I had no idea because typically the way, you know, I walk a city block, I usually step off the curb and stand in the street, wait for the light to go so I can go. But the minute you step down. I wasn't. Somebody stops. Wow. And but they stop. And then yeah. I'm like, why are these people? stop? I had no idea. I'm like, why are these people stopping? And I finally had went out to lunch with one of the people that works in that office. And they're like, what are you doing? I said, nothing. Why? I'm, I'm waiting. And he said, no, 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 you can't do that because they're going to like, that's why they're stopping. I, I'm causing all kinds of commotion. People are just jamming on their brakes. Who's this guy who's walking in the street? Funny stuff. But that's just the way it is. Different places, you know. Yeah. Hey, hey listen, we've uh, got some we've got some room here on the citizen panel. Um, you can give us a call right now. Gabnet Live is the Skype number. 
Give us a call. We're going to play a new game because uh, I was uh, I've been talking to Albert b- back and forth a little bit, and I'm bad with Nate. Albert said you got to come up. He even said it on the air the other day. What's the name of this program? What are you going to call this game thing? You got to have a name for it. And I'm like, you know, I don't know, Gabnet Game Night. Um, I, you know, I'm literal. I'm I'm not good with. Uh, you know, so he he emailed me tonight and he said, I got one for you if you haven't thought of one yet. And since I hadn't thought of one and don't know, we're going to go with I Know You Know with Rob Alfano. <laughs> so that's going to be the name of the trivia game. I Know You Know with Rob Alfano. I've uh, I've got some uh, new clues. Um, obviously, we're not going to use the same old ones. So the game would get easy after a while. Um, and so if you want to uh, get in on the game... And uh, we'd love to have you right now on the Citizen Panel. We'll start it in just, uh, well, it's just about time to start it now. And um, I have to come up with a theme song for it. I don't have a, I got to come up with something catchy to to run. But while we're doing Albert's Public House here, we're not going to run a theme song. But um, David, you were the uh, first person to call in tonight. So Uh you get to pick the first category on uh i am what was it again what did i say it was i know you know i know you know with rob alfano and uh, the categories are actors and actresses political figures rock music and sports rock music rock music all right so uh miranda hasn't played phil hasn't played let me explain the rules is eight clues uh the first uh, the first four clues are worth five points Anywhere in there, uh, the clues get they're they're fairly, you know, good luck with them in their early stages, unless you really know the artist, and they they get easier as you go. And so then the last four, we take a point away for each until you get to if you get it on the eighth clue, you get uh, a one point for it, and uh, the person with the most clues at the end of the game wins. And so we're going to start with clue number one. I was born in 1942. This is rock music, right? It's music of I call it rock music, but could be R&B, could be uh, country, could be whatever. Uh, number two. I'm dressed like a turnip. <laughs> number two. Yeah, pick you. Oh, by the way, um, uh, just so you know, um, I'm going to go back to a rule that we started a couple of weeks ago, but we got away from it last week, is when you have the correct answer, just say your first name. And if I call on you, that's when you give it. Don't shout out an answer because then it gets hard to figure out. And also, people shout out answers, and uh, then they'll say, I, I said that, but we didn't hear it. So, anyway, so clue number two is my father was a preacher. Doug has joined us and dropped out, and he's coming back in. Uh, clue number one, I was born in 1942, and clue number two, my father was a preacher. Son of a preacher, man. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis. Just just say your name. Just say Doug, and I'll call on you, and then you can give an answer, okay? No, that's not correct. Jerry Lee Lewis. All right, clue number three. I introduced... I first recorded when I was 14. I mean, my first recording at 14 years old. Clue number four, the last of the five-point clues. In 1960, I signed with Columbia Records. Does he currently live in Las Vegas? Don't know. Wasn't one of the clues. Clue no, number five uh, now for, for three points. Or make that for four points. In 1967, I had over a dozen million selling records. This is no slump we're talking about here. Elvis? No. 
for sorry. three points. I'm sorry. Clue number six. In 1968, I was arrested for drunk driving, and my father was arrested for possession of marijuana. This is in 1968. Not a good year. For two points. Number seven. I have had hits in the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. David. David, go ahead. Bob Dylan. Not Bob Dylan. Phil. Phil. Marvin Gaye. Not Marvin Gaye. Miranda. Miranda. I gotta go Willie Nelson. No. No. Doug? James Brown? No. All right, the last clue. I was, this is for one point, and again, your name, please. I was known throughout America as, America and Europe as Lady Soul. Uh, Doug? Doug. Diana Ross? No. Lady Soul. Lady Soul. Nobody's got it, huh? David? David? Tina Turner? Not Tina Turner, no. The answer was Aretha Franklin. Oh, come on. Uh, she was born in 42? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we uh, have no points across the board at the end of the first round, or I should say at the end of the first round. Uh, she was known as Lady Soul. <laughs> yeah, the Queen of Soul, Lady Soul. Let's see, Queen of Soul. Uh, you said Lady Soul, though, and I'm like, no, it can't be Aretha Franklin. She was the Queen of Soul. Well, hey, no, no crying over spilt soul. No. <laughs> I'm going by what's in what's in books, what's in. So, yep. I mean, that's where I get the the hey, information because from. Because I believe me, this and everyone else does. You know, all you this know isn't that, going on up here. That's for sure. <laughs> Rob, do you yes. know where that line uh, "Pick me, I'm dressed like a turnip" comes from? It must be. Uh, let's make a deal. Uh, no radio dinner. Oh, uh, radio dinner. That's the the album from National Lampoon. Right. Yeah, I have some. I, I, we can't play that stuff. I would love to be able to play <laughs> some of that stuff here. Uh, David, you get to pick again. Same thing. Rock music. Rock music it is. Here we go. I was born in 1945. Clue number two. I was raised by foster parents. Superman? Phil? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's 1938, Phil. So. Uh. Ah, there you go. 1938. She, if if we done if we had done Superman, she'd have been all over that. <laughs> Clue number three for five points. I learned to play a musical instrument at 17 years old. Clue number four, the last of the five point clues. After leaving a popular group, I worked in the construction business. Uh, Doug. John Melton. I was going to say John Mellencamp. Not John Mellencamp. Okay, for four points, in 1971, I played a benefit concert for Bangladesh. David. David. George Harrison. Not George Harrison. I was going to say that. Anybody else have a guess? Um, yeah, yeah, David. Remember the guy's name. David. David, go ahead. Eric Clapton. That's correct. Eric Clapton. Whoa, David's on the map. Nicely done, David. David's on the map with, and I got a pen tonight, and we're going to write down the, the scores. David's on the uh, with three points. Um, okay, David, you uh, you you can keep picking because uh, rock music. Rock music. <laughs> okay, here we go again. Eight more clues. We formed our band in 1973 in San Francisco. David. David, go ahead. 
Eagles. Not the Eagles. Clue number two. We were originally called the Golden State Rhythm Section, and we intended to serve as a backup group for established Bay Area artists. Grateful, uh, Phil, Grateful Dead? Not the Grateful Dead, no. David, uh, Doug? Toto? Not Toto. That's a good guess, though, because they were a studio band for a long time. Clue number three, we quickly abandoned the original backup group concept and developed a distinctive jazz fusion style. Last of the five pointers, we released our first album in 1975. No? Okay. So now for four points, clue number five, our album sales did not improve and the record company requested that we change our musical style again. We added a frontman with whom our keyboardist could share lead vocal duties with. Clue number six for three points. Over the next few years, we saw some personnel changes, including a new drummer. Tower of Phil. Tower of Power? No, not Tower of Power. Clue number seven for two points. Our new lineup brought us success and almost a brand new fan base. Um, David. Uh, Doug, sorry. There's a long shot. Commodores? Not the Commodores. And the final clue, we released our eighth and biggest selling studio album in 1981. All right, I'll give you a hint for one point. One of their most famous songs became synonymous with the TV show The Sopranos. Oh. It's been so long. Oh, Journey. 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 Doug, one point for Doug. Journey. Wow. That's pretty sad. One point for, you know, remember a Sopranos song there (laughs) okay so it's three to one uh david has three and uh doug has one and uh, you get to choose the category this time doug it's uh actors and actresses political figures sports stars and rock music uh political figures political figures okay political figures it is here we go i was born in brooklyn in uh 1964 Number two, my older brother was killed in a hit and run by a hit and run driver in May of 2000. Number three, I attended the State University of New York at Plattsburgh, where I played on the hockey team and initially aspired to become a television weatherman. Clue number four, my interests turned towards politics and I became active in student government and was named the most effective student senator. That was the last of the uh, five points. For four points, my first chance at political office came in 1991 when when the New York City Council was expanded from 35 to 51 seats. What's getting me is that 1964. 
Clue number six, over the next seven years on the city council, I initiated programs to address quality of life concerns. I also started a program to put at risk and troubled teens to work cleaning up graffiti and spearheaded development plans for historic Sheepshead Bay that led to the revival of that area. Is that the new mayor of New York? Not not de Blasio, no. Clue number seven, in April... Say again, David? David? May have Koch. Not Koch, nope. In May, in April of 2008, I created a bipartisan congressional middle-class caucus. Oh. Doug. Weiner. Anthony Weiner, correct. Weiner, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't have been Koch. He was born in 1864. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So David is uh, Doug is getting close. He's got two points now, so it's three for David and two for Doug. And uh, Doug, you get a chance. David, I'm just letting David build up his false confidence there, and I'm just going to come in there because I'm going to take advantage of being on pain medicine there. Anyway, you get come to on, choose. Silly, you problem. and I got to get on the board. You get to choose the category <laughs> yeah. again: sports stars, That's rock music, moment. political figures, and actors and actresses. Um, I don't know, Dave. What should I go for? Pick up yourself. Uh, political figures. Okay. Let's see how you guys do this one. I was born in 1942. Clue number two. I was the first of four siblings. Clue number three for five points. I attended the Archmere Academy in Claymont, where I was a student halfback and wide receiver on the high school football team. Clue number Phil. four. Phil, go ahead. Uh, George W. Bush? Not George W. Clue number four for five points. I attended the University of Delaware in Newark, where I was more interested in sports and socializing David, David, than studying. David. David. Go ahead, David. Joe Biden. Joe Biden is correct. Oh, wow. David's kicking ass. Joe Biden. That's My a, favorite one, next president. Uh, <laughs> that's a five-pointer for you, so that brings you up to eight. Oh, no. Getting deep uh, into the lead here. And, uh, David, you get a chance to pick the next category. Rock music. Back to rock music it is. Uh, all right. Let's give this one a shot. I was born in 1963 in what was then a middle-income neighborhood in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, Phil. Phil, go ahead. Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Not Bruce. Doug. Doug. Bon Jovi. Not Bon Jovi. Clue number two, I was raised a Baptist, but was also exposed to the Pentecostal church. George W. Bush. (laughs) I'd like to admit the Newark version of George W. Bush. Clue number three, at the age of 11, I learned to play the piano. Doug. Doug. Uh, Billy Joel. Not Billy Joel. Long Islander. Clue number four, the last of the five points, I spent some of my teenage years touring nightclubs where my mom was performing and would occasionally get on stage and perform with her. Well, that was the last of the five pointers. Clue number five, in 1977 at age 14, at 14, I became a backup singer on the single, on a single for the Michael Zager Band. Who the hell is 
Clue number six was, for, for three points. Phil, Go ahead. There was only one guy that could have been that backup singer for the Zega band. That was David Haycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Clue number six for three points. I also sang backup on albums by Lou Rawls and Jermaine Jackson. No, for two points. Number seven. In early nineteen in the early nineteen eighties, I started working as a fashion model. Nothing. Uh, Take a guess. Billy Idol. No. Not a very pretty fashion model. Uh, And for one point, clue number eight. My debut album was released in February 1985, and it was self-titled. Oh, it's that. It's that black check. Um, Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Taboo or whatever. um, Starnay. No. Wow, I thought this one would go much quicker. I'm useless at this stuff. Ah, all right. I have no idea. You know who the answer was? Whitney Houston. <sighs> Whitney Houston. All right. She so, would have been 51 now? Yeah, yeah. And huh? she looked like about 81 before she died, unfortunately, with what she did to herself. Hmm. So, again, we've got, uh, we've got uh, David with eight and Doug with two. And Doug, I believe you, you who had the no David yeah. gets to pick. Again, again rock music. If you have some left, I have uh, actually two left in rock music, and then that category dies. Here it is. Clue number one: We formed our band in 1979. Clue number two for five points: In 1972, our lead singer slash harmonica player and keyboardist. Joined the Bay Area jazz funk band called Clover. Doug. A blues Traveler? Not Blues Traveler, no. Clue number three for five points. In the middle of the 70s, we transplanted ourselves to England to become part of a UK pub band, uh, the UK pub rock scene at the time. Clue number... Go ahead, David. Blondie? Not Blondie. Clue number three, uh, number four. We eventually became the original backing band for Elvis Costello's first album. Um, well, take a guess. Go ahead, take a guess. Attractions? No. David? David? Go ahead. Fleetwood Mac? Say again? Fleetwood Mac? Fleetwood Mac? Fleetwood Mac? No, not Fleetwood Mac. All right, for four points, number five. In 1980, our band issued our first studio album, a self-titled LP, and it went largely unnoticed. For four, for three points, clue number six. In 1982, we released our second album, which turned gold, fueled by the breakout success of a hit single written by Mutt Lang, famous producer. Doug. Depeche Mode? Not Depeche. Uh. <laughs> All right. For two points, number seven. Our style was a combine of a combination of rock, sometimes called blues rock, backing with soul and doo-wop influenced harmony vocals. 
David. Go ahead, David. Foreigner. Foreigner. Not foreigner. Last clue for one point. Our worldwide fame expanded when one of our hits was featured as a key track in the film Back to the Future. Oh, David. Go ahead, David. Huey Lewis and the News. Huey Lewis and the News, correct. Mm. David picks up another point and now has nine points. (laughs) Nine to two. One more point, you get a car. (laughs) A brand new car. And David, you get to pick the category again. Do you want to exhaust rock or... Yeah, the rock music, the last question. Okay. All right. I was born in England in 1948. Number two, my grandfather was a Nobel Prize winning physicist. Clue number three, I formed my first band in high school. They were called the Soul Four. S-O-L, Soul Four. Clue number four, the last of the five pointers. At at age 16, I quit school and won a talent contest. For four points, clue number five, at 18, I joined Don Kirshner and his attempt to make a British version of the Monkees. Clue number six for three points. My regular appearances on British television greatly boosted the British sales of my first single, which was in 1971. Clue number seven. My U.S. breakthrough was in 1973 with an album that went gold, aided by a gold tr- uh, track, uh, a gold title track single, which I also won a Grammy for. David. David, go ahead. Rod Stewart. Not Rod Stewart. The final clue for one point. In 1978, my image changed completely with the release of a soundtrack to a movie which became the most profitable movie uh, musical to date. David. David, go ahead. Alton John. No. I'll give you the name of that soundtrack. Grease. Oh, oh uh, Olivia Newton-John. Uh, Doug. Go ahead, Doug. Olivia Newton-John. Olivia Newton-John is correct. Three points for Doug. <laughs> Yay. And uh, we have finished the the rock category. We've exhausted everybody in there. Uh, so what's left is actors and actresses, political figures, sports stars. Nobody likes sports, eh? <laughs> Pick a category, Doug. It's up to you. Uh, actors and actresses. All right. Let's see if uh, you guys will get this one. I was born outside of New York City in 1954. Number two, after my parents split up, I was sent to a preparatory school, which saved my life. My friends until that time had done uh, more than 40 years of combined time in the penitentiary. Who am I? Number three, in 1977, I enrolled in the Lincoln Center campus to study acting and was given the title roles in both Eugene O'Neill's The Emperor Jones and Shakespeare's Othello. Clue number four, in 1976, I filmed a series of commercials for Fruit of the Loom and I was part of the ensemble, actually I was the Grapes. 
That's the last of the five pointers. For four points, a major career break came when I starred in a television hospital drama called Saint Elsewhere. Uh, Doug, go ahead. Uh, Rick Springfield? Not Rick Springfield. He starred in General Hospital. Uh, I don't keep those shows up. <laughs> uh, number six for three points. One of my sons signed a football contract with the St. Louis Rams in May of 2006. Clue number seven for two points. I am a devout Christian and have considered becoming a preacher. And for one point, in preparation for one of my roles, I subjected myself to a torture session that included waterboarding. Phil. Go ahead, Phil. Who? Doug Dupree. Doug Dupree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite 60 yet. I'm approaching this day. Any uh, any, uh, guess? Nobody else? Okay, well, I was surprised. That's Denzel. Denzel Washington. I guess lesser known facts about Denzel. Last week, I I couldn't get uh, people were scoring like crazy. Made him a little more difficult this week. Obviously, maybe a little too difficult. Uh, Doug, you get to choose. It would have helped you said black. Why? Yeah. Why? You know, that would have kind of gave us, you know, a little bit of, you know. Doug, what does that have anything to do with it? Come on, Doug, pick up a question, please. Thank you. Pick out a question. Jesus Christ. You know, Black Academy Award. If you keep procrastinating, David won't get his car. Actors and actresses, (laughs) political figures, and sports stars. Still my choice? Uh, I guess uh, politics, uh, political guys. Okay. Let's try this one out and see how it works. I was born in 1908 in a small farmhouse, the oldest of five children. Clue number two. David. Go ahead, David. Nixon. Not Nixon. In school, I was an awkward, talkative youth and was elected president. Phil. Go ahead, Phil. Or Ronald Reagan. Not Ronald Reagan. I was elected president of the 11th grade class. Clue number three, for nine months from 1928 to 1929, I paused my studies to teach Mexican-American children at a segregated school. And the last of the uh, five pointers, my father served six terms in the Texas legislature and was a and was a close friend of one of Texas's rising political figures, Congressman Sam Rayburn. Uh, it's not Phil. It's not Lyndon Johnson. Is it? it is Lyndon Johnson. Congratulations! That's a five pointer you got there. Oh, jeez! I'm finally on the board. Good job, Phil. So yeah. you, you jump well, into I, second place on the board, huh? and yeah. you get to pick the next category. Uh, let's see. We got a few more minutes left before we run to the the last. Uh, the audio clues. So, uh, political figures, actors, and actresses, or sports. Oh, is it my turn? Your call. Uh, political figures, actors, actresses, sports. Let's try uh, political figures. All right, political figures. It is. All right. I was born in Iowa in 1956. 
I graduated from Anoka High School in 1974 and after graduation spent one summer working on a kibbutz in Israel. Clue number three, in 1979, I was a a member of the first class of O.W. Coburn School of Law, then part of Oral Roberts University. And the last of the five pointers, in 1988, I received an LLM degree in tax law from the William and Mary School of Law. Doug? Go ahead, Doug. Mike Huckleby? No. Number five, from 1988 to 1993, I was an attorney working for the Internal Revenue Service. Clue number six for three points. I left my position with the IRS to become a full-time mother when my fourth child was born. It took four? (laughs) What year was she born? 1956. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the Tea Party uh, gal, uh, Phil. Phil. Uh, uh, tea Party gal. Uh, uh, I can't remember a name. Uh, you're gonna have to take it, Doug. Uh, Lerner. No. Number seven for two points. I grew up in a Democratic family, but I became a Republican during my senior year at Winona State. Uh, yeah. It, it's the gal from the tea party uh, from uh, the Midwest. What, what the heck's her name? Uh, you know, everybody hates her, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> the final clue: I was, I am a supporter of the Tea Party movement and founder yeah. of the Tea of the House Tea Party Caucus, and have yeah. been dubbed the Queen Bachman. of the Tea Party. Bachman. Yes, Michelle, Michelle Bachman. Bachman. That's correct. So you got yourself another point, Doug. You have four. Phil has five, and. David is still at nine points. It was more because of Phil, not because of your questions. And Phil would like to say, oh, I know who it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, somebody might as well get it. Because <laughs> I couldn't remember. Um, we've got, uh, let's see, Let's. we're going to need to stop here and do the audio clues because um, we're pretty much out of time for anything else. So I'm going to give you, uh, 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 these are from movies. And you just need to tell me the name of the movie on these. And uh, the first person that does, they're worth 10 points each. Okay, so this is from a movie. And just say your name, please, before you, you give out the answer. It rubs the lotion on its skin. Miranda. It does this whenever Miranda. it's told. Um, oh, crap. Now my mind just went blank. Um, uh, crying Game. No. No. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets oh, the hose again. Miranda. Go ahead, Miranda. Doug. 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 Silence of the Lambs. Silence there of the Lambs is correct. All right, we got one more of those, and so now you're you're in the lead, Doug, with fourteen. David has nine. Phil has five, and uh, here's the next audio clue. And now, my friend, before we start the musical program, Captain Spaulding has kindly consented to tell us about his trip to Africa. Captain Spaulding. Me. Phil. Friends. I'm going to tell you of that great, mysterious, wonderful continent known as Africa. Africa is God's African queen. He can have it. That's not correct. Anybody have a guess? All right. That was uh, Animal Crackers. Oh, geez. That was pretty far. Been a long time since I've seen any Marx Brothers films. Last one. All right. 
This chick is toast. Miranda. Go ahead, Miranda. Jesus, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, that's correct. That's 10 <laughs> points for you. All right, so that's the end of the game. Uh, Doug is 14, Miranda with 10, Doug with 9, and uh, Phil with, with 5. Nine. I'm sorry, David with 9. I put D's and first first initial there. Uh, congratulations, Doug. You have won tonight. Someday when this network is someday when this network is solvent, then we'll have for you some sort of wonderful, valuable prizes. Okay, <laughs> I have a, a I've, I've been those are the e- easier. I find these clues making these clues. Last week they were so easy; people were getting them so quick. This week I made they're they're very difficult to. It's hard to gauge, and then it depends on the, the participants each week. I mean, it, it wasn't easy last week. No, you don't think it was easy? I thought they no, were getting. No. Them. I never thought they were easy. I mean, the last one I got well, because should... Bill pretty much kind of, you know, kind of gave me the answer without saying the name there. So, well, so, I, I so, so, so it's a junk win on my part there. Yeah, the movie question win. Well, the, the win was the ten points. Yeah, that she you got. Say again. It was me and Rin. Last week it was me and Rin. You and Rin. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, Just we're. Remember- Go ahead. Doug, uh, a win's a win. Just ask George W. Bush uh, on his uh, uh, on that last election. Oh. <laughs> Don't you mean the first one? The first one. Oh, first one, yeah, the hanging chair. First we, one, yeah. we have reached the end of the road for Albert's Public House here on this Friday night. Albert is back on Monday. Uh, of course, next, Albert uh, Alex Bennett's Ramble at 10, between 10 and midnight. Then, of course, uh, Revelstoke Jim's Canadian content at midnight. And it is catch-up night. I'm going to miss all that tonight because I'm going to be hitting the, uh, the 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 bed pretty quickly. I got to be up very early. So you all have a great weekend. Thank you for joining me tonight, and uh, and uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Okay, take care. And uh, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Enjoy the citizen panel on Alex's program next on the Great American Broadcast Network.